Carolyn was diagnosed with anorexia when she was 14 years old. As an athlete, she did a good job of hiding it for a while. But once she was caught, she knew she was scared and needed help. As always, if you are enjoying the podcast, please remember to leave a rating and review. And now, Carolyn's story. Hi, this is Beth, and welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. I'm glad you're here today. Although today I do not have a daughter without a mom, um, today I have with me Carolyn. And Carolyn, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. My The podcast description, if you go and look at it in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it says, this podcast will provide a safe space to share our stories of grief, hope, and resilience. And I think Carolyn's story has all three. So Carolyn and I met in 2014. Um, I, for seven years in a row, went to a, um, a, I guess they take in children in Mexico. And um, in 2014, Carolyn and I went, it was my very first year and you've, you've been once, correct? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just one. So I went, uh, we met there, uh, the very first group, it's, it was usually a group of high school seniors that we would take down for this service trip, and Carolyn was um, a group of 10 girls, and man, we had a blast, we you had did, such yeah. a good time, but I really didn't know Carolyn, Carolyn well then, um, and got to know her, obviously you get to know people pretty well when you spend a week together in a foreign country, um, but then have followed her on social media, and um she has been really uh, willing to share her story about her journey um, with an eating disorder that she developed, I believe, while you were in high school, maybe even it started in middle school. Middle school, yeah. Yeah. So I think you were in a really good spot with it when I met you. But I had, this is the funny thing that people always feel like, oh, everybody knows, you know, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I had no idea that you yeah had recovered, were recovering, you know, had, had any of that past whatsoever. Um, And so I've gotten to learn more about her journey through what she's shared um, in her own social media platform. So I asked her if she would be willing to share today because I just think it's such a um, common and prevalent and just important thing that's going on in our culture right now. And I don't really understand it. Um, and I, I, I hate that kids are suffering. And, um, and so I asked her to be here today and she said that she would share. So I really thank you for being here. Um, I'm gonna just have Carolyn tell us our, her story and then um, I'll come back and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some, some of the details that, that we want to discuss. But I'm gonna pretty much turn the mic over to you, Carolyn, and let us tell it. Let you tell us your story. Well, thanks. Thanks, Beth, for having me on. It's a pleasure. And I always, yeah, over the years, it's just, it's been a joy for me to share my story. So mm-hmm. I hope it's encouraging for um, whoever's listening as well. Um, so I guess just a little bit about me, kind of backing up to younger um, Carolyn. Grew up, um, I'm the oldest of three, um, solid family. Um, went to church. That was, it's been a big part of my growing um me growing up um, and even just my life today, um, faith is a huge part um, in who I am. Um, So just had a great foundation of going to church and um, being part of Christian summer camps um, as well, which is just, again, you'll kind of see how it kind of plays out throughout my story later on, but that's just, um, I'm very grateful that my parents um, 
just raised us in a home that was supportive and loving and just encouraging. Um, me and my siblings are very different. So just having parents that just support us in whatever we wanted to do was, which is awesome. Um, myself, I was very, very into athletics. Um, always just was a natural athlete, played sports growing up um, and just was always active. Our family was very active too. So just, it kind of nurtured um, that part of that side of me, which is great. Um, just love competing, met a lot of great friends, um, being a part of different teams growing up, um, which is great. Um, that, you know, just competitive nature too um, can be a great thing. And I think it, it definitely was, but it definitely, again, kind of like you hinted, like I developed an eating disorder later and it some of those com competitive aspects of being an athlete um, have tied into that too. So it's, it's interesting looking back, you know, just kind of seeing like how I was as a kid um, and how it's kind of translated to who I am today. Um, definitely was a little quieter side, wasn't always super outgoing, um, which I feel like kind of shocks people or shocks myself today just to see the transformation. Um, I'm definitely like an extroverted introvert, but like, you know, I would have never guessed being, you know, that I would be in this position, like sharing my story on such like a public platform. Um, Cause that's just not who I was growing up. Um, was always just timid and, you know, just kind of kept myself. Um, but, you know, enjoyed those close friends, like, you know, that I had around me. Um, but yeah, I would say like, again, growing up, just nothing crazy really happened in my life. Just like I said, normal childhood, um, had a lot of great experiences, um, enjoyed just kind of living, living life, having fun. Um, and didn't really, yeah, have much like experience with like pain or suffering until um, eighth grade. Um, and that's kind of when some of the, some of that disordered eating um, kind of developed. And again, uh, everyone has their own story with this. Mine is just one example of what, what can happen and what, you know, my experience is very unique compared to a lot of people, um, which is crazy because it's something that we all kind of, you know, people who have gone through eating disorders are still um, dealing with it. Um, we share a lot of common, a lot in common, yet have so many differences. So um, mine was very slow progression. Um, I don't really remember any specific moment, um, that triggered thoughts or that just, you know, in my head, like was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Um, I mean, I was, so that was 24, uh, 2010, sorry. So I was like 14 years old, like eighth grade middle school. So like, but even then I like eating disorders weren't really talked about like I just like I know Beth like you kind of mentioned too like you like growing up like that wasn't something you always heard about and even for myself like it kind of took um I'll backtrack too but like you know kind of it took the getting like in the middle of this eating disorder um like way of living like for like us like my parents myself to kind of be like oh like this is what this is like okay like we just I don't know it just wasn't talked about um so it kind of it was confusing at first um and again, I've always remembered never really struggling with not too much with like with body image or like food. It never really, you know, and I was an athlete. So it was just, it never was something I had thought about. I just, I, you know, enjoyed, that was always something else I enjoyed, but I just remember um, kind of the second half of my eighth grade year had finished, you know, playing field hockey for the middle school and was kind of moving into um, soccer um, and like our indoor training and stuff. And I remember, um, just like we were, I think we were up at um, like a lake house, like for over like the Christmas holiday, New Year's. And just like, that's when I kind of first remember having like thoughts of 
almost that comparison or like that competitive like side coming out of me. We had some family friends come up and I just remember just, you know, feeling like I had to compare myself to the um, one of their daughters who was similar in my age, but just kind of being, all right, if she's doing this, I have to do this. And, you know, you pick up on different, you know, and you pick up on those different behaviors and like and you start to question again, I don't know why I started to question myself. It's just like, oh, am I doing something wrong if I'm not doing it? way she's doing and she wasn't engaging in any like disordering behaviors but just simple things of going for a run or if she's wearing this am I like how do I compare to that um I think just I don't know I think I just started like to question a lot of things and just became more sensitive and middle school is very tough <laughs> it's a tough age <laughs> that was a rough time and you know like your you know your body's changing friends are changing your life is just kind of like in a weird state so there's a lot of of growth and development happening I think just being I think I just became more aware of like myself um and who I was and was starting to feel more uncomfortable in like my own skin um you know it just and I use sports as we're as like almost like a um like an excuse or like a reason of oh I'm just I'm getting in shape for soccer or I'm just doing this because I want to be like better on the, on the field and I'm just training because like I'm dedicated to my training and and I was able to hide those early like like early behaviors pretty easily because it was just my nature. Like everyone was always, Oh, Carolyn, you're, you're always, you know, the most athletic in the class. Like you're always the fastest girl, like running the mile or, you know, the one of the better ones on the team. So just, I kind of like took some of those like compliments and like those strengths that people um, saw in me and kind of twisted it in a sense. Um, yeah. And like, like I said, like, I feel like most of that first month or so, it was just slight little things of just, more so like, again, that awareness, you know, being aware of like even comments in my family about food and like, or desserts or things kind of being labeled as like this black and white, bad, good, like categories. Um, when, you know, there's a lot of gray, <laughs> there's a lot of gray area, there's, it's balanced, right? And I think it just, some of those like the patterns of life in my family that had, helped, had always been very just normal, just weren't. And like, all of a sudden I was just kind of like, okay, like, again like I mentioned just questioning myself and am I doing this like right or like should I be something else um I think the more I kind of I don't know just let some of those like thoughts and behaviors kind of like 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 be in my heart and like my mind the more I kind of like started to be like okay like I'm gonna start doing something like about this so I think you know again my experience can be different but I think for a lot of people it starts with kind of those thoughts and like um like almost like contemplating like different things. And for me, a lot, I feel like it was about control. Like, and I always tell people this, like eating disorders are more, it, it's not about the food, right? It's, there's always underlying issues, but the food is the outlet. Like food is what kind of, that's how I can, like for me myself, that's how I could control like everything else that felt out of control in my life. I could control what I did with food. So, you know, some of those like fears of being out of control, you know, not feeling that was good enough, um, you know, whether it's, athletically as a daughter as a friend in school like those thoughts are just like I'm not good enough I have to change something like but if I was x y or z then I would be accepted then I would be able to get more playing time on the field or you know whatever like whatever that situation is so it's kind of like that I see you know like looking back and reflecting on it more like I see some of like those like just those negative behavior like those negative thoughts kind of turning into this like negative behaviors um I think I remember the first time that I like started to like restrict, um, 
ironically, our church was doing um, like a 30 hour famine. And for people who are like a little unfamiliar, I'm not even sure if they do any of these anymore. I don't know, but it's, they do it through like different mission organizations. Um, and essentially it's like a fundraiser. And as like part of like my youth group at church, um, we would like raise money and whatever money we would raise um, for this 30 hour famine, we would send to different third world countries to help bring you know like water, food, just resources um, for people in need. So this 30 hour, this 30 hours is a period that you would do like, typically you do like, like an overnight thing. Like you'd be with your, your group, you'd hang out, like you'd have a whole like night together of just different activities and kind of just, um, you know, like learning more about like the experience and it kind of just, you know, helps you kind of, again, take a step back and appreciate like, wow, like we have a lot and like, this is what some people feel daily, weekly. Um, so doing this 30 hour famine, um, I actually had, um, it was my first time doing it and I did it at a different time than my youth group did because of, I was in like a play in middle school and like, just my mom was like, oh, you don't want to be not eating and like, you know, being like low on fuel and being up on stage with the lights and long story short, I did it, I think maybe like, you know, either before or after the youth group did it. Um, and when I was doing it, we ended up going to up to the mountains for like the weekend. And I remember at first it was hard, like, you know, skipping your first meal. You're like, oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. But like, you know, you drink, fluid, you're allowed to drink fluids and things like that. But I think just after you got over that initial, like, I'm so hungry. I don't even feel hungry anymore. kind of feeling like it kind of settles down. You kind of forget about it and you kind of get into your groove and, you know, me being very competitive. Um, I, when I got to the end of the 30 hours, I was, we were up the lake um, or up in the mountains. And I remember being like, well, like there's only a few more hours till dinner. Like I'll just like, instead of breaking my fast, like I'll just keep going. Like, why not just, you know, go big, go home, like go all in, um, in this and, um, you know, just feeling like, all right, like I'm good at this. Like it's, you know, what's a few more hours, like no big deal. Um, and then, you know, so I remember fast forward like to dinner and like, just had a normal size meal, but just again, like, I just felt like this, like fear inside of me because like eating, um, I think it's like an Italian restaurant or something, but like after having a normal meal, again, after 30 hours, you'd think, like, wow, like I'm really hungry, like things that it just, it was so unsettling in my, like in me, I was just like, oh, like I feel so full. Like this is a bad feeling. Like this is uncomfortable for me. And I think just like, that's, I feel like one of the first, like that switch that I feel like in my head, I like associated, like feeling full, eating a normal size meal is a bad thing. Um, and yeah, so like it was, again, something I kind of just kind of like just brushed off, wasn't too crazy, but just, I remember my thoughts just being so focused, like from then on about like food and like how my body felt afterwards. And it made me more self-conscious of myself of like, you know, I began to kind of pick apart myself in the mirror and be like, oh, like I'm not happy with how I look today or, you know, and just like finding all the negative things rather than focusing on the positives. And like, you know, if I felt like I ate certain, like a certain food that was like, made me feel like I don't know, gross or full or whatever it was. And, you know, I was just like, oh, well, I can't eat that anymore. Or like, that's going to make me, um, I don't know, let's make my body change and I'm not going to like it. And if I was, if I didn't eat, you know, if I, or if I was, if I looked like better, if I looked better, quote unquote, you know, that would be fine. Um, so I'll just kind of, I'll control, you know, one way I can control that is how much I eat. Um, and so that's kind of like where those, like those, thoughts and those patterns like developed um in addition I 
like used exercise as a way to kind of purge in a sense too. I would, uh, I just started just exercising all the time, um, more so than usual. Um, I would go on runs and even if it was like freezing, like this is still like early of like 2010, um, it would be freezing outside, whatever. And I just forced myself to go for a run, even if I didn't want to, just because I felt like I had to earn my food. Well, if like I didn't eat something, I have to earn it because I'm not worth just eating a normal meal and like not doing anything. So it kind of just played into this whole mess of like, I kind of lost sight of like the gray area in a sense. It was just like black and white, good and bad. And I started like label foods, like, oh, like certain foods I can't have, like other foods, a little more like safe. Um, and then I remember um, coming in towards like the Easter season um, with like Lent um, is a big thing that people like, you know, Christians and people celebrate. Um, my family never like did it. It was just my friends at school did it. They're like, oh, like, let's just do whatever. I, I remember a friend one year, like, she was like, I'm just not going to like do like, they, they gave up the most like dumb things. And you're just like, oh, well, okay. Like if you're going to give up chewing gum or doing this, like, I'm going to like, I'm going to give up something. And for, instead of being like, oh, I'm going to give up like watching TV or, you know, like whatever it is, like, I was just like, well, here's my perfect opportunity. Like, again, another excuse for, well, this is, I can justify why I'm giving up. I remember specifically like sweets and like my family was never one who like, like had dessert all the time after meals. It was like, I mean, it was there. And my dad has a sweet tooth. My family has a sweet tooth. Like it's fine. Like it's all great, but it just was never something that was like, we always had it together. But like, so cutting it out of my like diet wasn't it really wasn't changing anything. It was just for me, again, to kind of start to begin to organize and label these foods and these things as bad and good. So I was like, all right, like for what is it, 40 days, I think until Easter, I'm going to give up sweets um, and start eating more healthy. And I think it's just, you know, giving up some of those things. And I think the more I like saw myself ex like succeeding in giving up those things, the more I was like, oh, well, like I can give up sweets. I can give up other foods I can give up like I remember I gave it like bread and oh gosh like I don't even know like honestly anything you can think of it was just like slightly got moved over to like the bad side like and I can't have this and I can't have this um and like I just remember like throughout this process like just developing such like a deep like self like hatred honestly for myself and like I couldn't stand the thought of like being in my own body and like I couldn't stand my body it was just you know everything like it, I didn't look the way I thought I, like, I should, I kind of lost focus, or, like, lost sight of, you know, who I was, and, um, you know, growing up as, like, a Christian, like, and I, like, again, I, fir like, firmly believe this today, like, you know, I'm made in the image of God, and, like, I was created uniquely, and, like, for a purpose, and, like, you know, being, like, and the shaming that I did for my body, it just was, it kind of just, my, I guess, my faith, and, like, my belief in that kind of just got lost a little bit like along along the way it was just like I just totally didn't like I don't know people told me like oh you know you learn it in Sunday school and, like, and I, I remember during that period just being like yeah no I don't I don't believe it because I don't feel good about myself like at all um so like that was hard um you know and then again just the more like things just kind of like piled up on top of like each other it just it kind of just spiraled a little bit um definitely felt um, like secluded from friends or I started to pull myself away from like friends and didn't want to hang out with things because it's just, I was so tired of, um, like the mental energy. And it's like, 
it's something that like people people don't always like necessarily understand like like, yeah like I'm just you know I would decide not to eat a certain food but like I remember you know I remember at school like I'd be in my class um and we would have like agendas little like planners and stuff and instead of listening to whatever lesson was going on like I wrote down how many calories I had that morning at breakfast how much if I exercise if I ran for 30 minutes how many calories would I burn how many could like it was just the constant like that mental battle where it's like no one really sees that um and like no one like no one knows what's going on like you know it's just like your thoughts are constantly focused on food and on myself um and so you kind of tend to just self-isolate even if you don't really want to because like that's all I really cared about I didn't really care about what everyone else was doing like I just wanted to make sure that I was okay and like um yeah so like it's just and it's easy to um kind of hide some of those behaviors um until for me, like, again, I had, I had anorexia, I was developing anorexia. Um, and before it got developed, like, or officially like diagnosed, like you can kind of like, again, you can kind of hide, you know, as an athlete, you start getting more tone because you know, your, your body starts to change a little bit. Um, but it's not until like, it gets like to a point where like, I, like, I remember one time we were, uh, my mom and I, we were, I was getting ready for like, um, like, a, I think like some choir or some like, band concert thing and I remember putting on a pair of pants um or like concert pants that were black and white and didn't fit like fell off and I think that was the first moment like my mom like really realized um kind of like what was going on and was kind of like a turning point in just like how my family was approaching things um and like I was very like I wasn't really telling people like about like how I was feeling like I felt I felt very isolated like I was just like no one's here to help me like no one understands what I'm going through like I know like part of me knew that like something was wrong but at the same time it was just like I didn't I didn't know how to ask for help because I felt it was a shameful thing like I felt shame for eating food but then I also felt shame for admitting like what I was like going through um and like but I think when like my mom when my mom finally kind of like saw and like realized it was kind of like oh my gosh like you kind of was like like what is happening like you know no one really understands what's going on and you know I I felt like I changed as like as like personally like myself like I just I uh, I think back like I look I read over like old journals and stuff and I feel like I don't really recognize myself like who I was I was very depressed um I mean I'm sure there was some a lot of anxiety in there especially a lot about like with food and those kind of things and just like yeah like question God a lot was very angry like I feel like just was always in fights with like my family and especially when they kind of got more involved with like supervision like of me like it just was very like it was just a constant battle and like my siblings were maybe in fifth grade and like third grade so like they're young they don't know what's going on so just kind of like it was like a slow like that slow progression and slow development until all of a sudden it just like it hit the fan and it just like it blew up on me and like and it was hard for me and I was angry at myself for like you know come on you were doing so well at hiding this like how dare you expose yourself um and so when my mom did find out we went to the doctor um she kind of diagnosed me like with anorexia and that was kind of that again that first like oh like what is again like what is this I was like I don't know what this means like you know um and kind of like right away because I was at such like a bad place like sports taken away from me like I couldn't um I couldn't play soccer um I was playing softball at or um for middle school and couldn't play then um on the team 
Um, and like, that was a huge, like, like, I don't know, red flag for me. It just, it fired me out of control because sports and like activity and things like that, when that was taken away, like that was my outlet. And that was my way of, you know, making myself feel better for how awful I felt about myself. And so it kind of just like, it kind of then developed a more like, just like deception kind of like part of my eating disorder. Like, I feel like I was lying. I found myself lying to my parents more about how much I was eating. I would you know, pack a full lunch to school and throw 95% of it out and like say I ate the whole thing because there was no evidence that I didn't throw it away. You know, I didn't eat it because well, I threw it away. You know, like I remember I had, to, I at one point had to go to the nurse every day for like a snack and like just, you, you kind of like, you lose sense of, I lost sense of, or my parents lost trust in me. I kind of like lost trust in them and like, but I feel like I couldn't trust myself either. So it's just like, it's this huge thing. And again, it all kind of like, kind of said, like, like I said at the beginning, it comes down to like control. Like, you know, people see the outwardly physically, like I'm losing weight. I am not looking okay. They see me not eating, you know, but like inside is just like that control. Like I like, you know, again, like I didn't like how I looked and like, I felt like I had to control my anxieties about fear of, you know, being again, being enough for people. people like I'm a big, even to this day, big people pleaser. Like, you know, I want, you know, I want people to appreciate me and accept me for who I am and like that fear of not being accepted like that's what drives this whole thing and so you know it just was it just kept spiraling and the more I feel like I tried to like help or I thought I was helping myself like the worse off I was and that's like kind of the, the ironic and funny thing about like anyone who's going through an eating disorder like you feel so in control but like you're not like you're so like out of control and it's like until I think you kind of yeah like reach a point I don't know I mean luckily like I feel like I reached a point where I was like okay like I need help and I'm willing to get help like I'm glad like that happened for me I mean sometimes sometimes it's harder for other others um but it's like you just it's yeah your your whole life and like your identity is built on lies of just like you know whatever those lies you know would be for anyone and it's it's scary like you you know I, I mean I was scared like I was just like I can't like I couldn't stop it was almost like an addiction like you know, you can be addicted to a lot of things. Like I was addicted to exercise. I was addicted to dieting and restricting foods and like, but was so addicted to these behaviors that even though I saw, I started to see how bad it was. And people kept saying like, are you okay? Like, you know, I couldn't get out of it because I was just so used to it. And it's almost like if I tried not to do it, it just would send me into this, like, I don't know, more of like a spiral. So, you know, it's, I mean, I definitely got tired of people saying like, I'm concerned about you and things like that, but you kind of just like shrug it off. You're like, okay, whatever. Like, I really like, I remember just thinking like, I don't care anymore. Like, which is so sad. Like, I mean, like I'm 14 years old. Like I, like, I can't even like fathom, like, like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's so hard to think back on sometimes because it's like, and again, this is only like scratching the surface. Like there's so much like there to like unpack and stuff, but you know, it was just, yeah, it's hard to go through almost an identity crisis of just being like, where is God? Who am I? I don't know who I am anymore without these behaviors, without my eating disorder, like without anorexia. Like I went from like the happy, like carefree, loving life, like friend, you know, like great friend and support and like athlete to this like sick, like, you know, scared, anxious, depressed, like lonely, like girl who just like didn't know what to do. Um, you know, like, and friends were there to support me when, and I'm so grateful that they were, but it's like, they don't understand what's going on. Like my parents didn't understand what's going on. Um, you know, I was going to see a, a, 
um, like a therapist. Um, and like, that was kind of, I feel like we didn't really find like a really good one, honestly, um, unfortunately, but like I was seeing a dietitian, but again, things that they would suggest, I was like, okay, great. And then like go home and totally just disregard all that stuff. So just, we tried to find help. Um, but it's, I don't know, like it's again, no one was really talking about that kind of stuff. And you're, you know, like my parents and I were just like, what do, what do we do? Like, where do we go? Um, and like a, a huge God moment. Um, it kind of got to like June, like the end of the school year was like wrapping up and it was, it was getting to a point where it's just like, I think my parents were at like their, like their end, like they didn't know, like, we're like, we have to get help. Like you have to get like good solid help or else like, we don't know, like, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I truly believe that, like, I truly believe like without getting the help that I did, like, I, like, I probably wouldn't be here today. Like I don't, or I don't know, like, I don't know if I would be, which is like, it, yeah, like it's, I don't know, it feels like a, like a, you know, gut-wrenching like feeling just to like, see how like scary it is and how like, yeah, just how consumed I was by it. But um, we had a friend from our old church that I had grown up with. Um, she um, kind of recommended this one um, treatment center that her daughter had actually gone to. And it was a faith-based treatment center. Um, Cause we look at, looked at some other ones um, and nothing like was really, I don't know, my parents were really comfortable like leaving me, leaving me at these other places and stuff. And this place ended up going, coming up, you know, um, just randomly. And it was a very like quick kind of turnaround. It was like, we heard about it. My parents called the place. They were like, yep, she can come. It's like a two month program, but yet like tomorrow, like she can come tomorrow. Cause like my parents wanted me to like get in this like summer before like high school would start. So like, I remember that day, like finally like admitting, like I need help. Like I don't necessarily really want it, but I know I was like, I like, it just, I got to a point where I was like, I don't recognize myself anymore. And this is so tiring. And like, I feel so helpless um, that like, why not? Like, okay. Like I'm, I'm done trying to figure this out. And I think again, by the grace of God, like, like him, like just moving in our family, like it just, yeah, it saved my life. Um, end up kind of going to this treatment center. It's called Bermuda Ranch. Um, I went down to, it was in Virginia. Um, and I don't think it's there anymore to be honest with you, but like, um, it was a whole, like, it was insane. Like it's to describe the place was like crazy, but it was kind of like, it wasn't like your typical like hospital setting where it's very like, I don't know, like restricted. And like, again, I think it, for a reason, I think it wasn't like that way because eating disorders are very restrictive and they're very like controlling and stuff. And so it kind of had this almost like a, I don't want to say a hotel or like kind of thing, but almost like a dorm in a sense. Like you were at this like place, you had like several rooms, you're with people. There were a lot of girls um, there when I was, when I first came. Um, I mean, the drive down was the worst. It was probably the worst day of my life and the best day of my life, um, honestly. But like, you know, just like going down and just not really knowing what to expect. And like, I was scared of my mind. My parents were scared out of their minds. And like, but like just dropping, like, I remember my parents saying like dropping me off there. Like they had so much peace and it was just like, we didn't really know what was going to happen, how it was going to work out. But like, we trusted that like, this was, this was the right move. This is like, what was going to like, I don't know, work things kind of back into more sense of like normalcy. Um, so I spent, um, two months down there and like it it was hard like it is not easy kind of you know when you're in this like place of just these thoughts and like these behaviors like it's hard to go from doing that and having again the freedom to do it myself in my bedroom you know at home where I could control 
my environment to going to an environment where I cannot control it. Like I am supervised and there are set meals and snacks and times and things you have to do. Um, but like, it was nice. I just, it was nice just to be surrounded by people who like understood. And I think, and like what I want, like kind of like my little thing of encouragement, even to people who are struggling or who have struggled, you know, um, in the past, like, you know, you're not alone. Like, even though you feel like you're alone, like going through like disordered eating and feel like no one understands. And like, how could I like talk to someone about it? Because like, they won't get it. Like it's like I said, we kind of were talking about really like, it's more common than you think. And it's just to be around that group of girls was like, it was so like, it was so encouraging just to kind of like, I was, I mean, I was probably one of the youngest ones there. There were probably people, I think you could go until like, maybe like 18 or so. Um, so like just to have some older like mentors in a sense and just like these like girls are there that could kind of like they came alongside me and like and helped and like supported me and stuff and you know like it was very intensive like you know I was restricted a lot but like kind of slowly began to kind of not only you know you know get more food in me and like and that kind of stuff and like but also they worked like in the mental aspect too it wasn't just like the physical like let's just eat more food and gain more weight back like to your normal weight it was more of like okay like here's why we're doing this, but let's like educate you on like, we had food, um, we had like um, group, different group therapy sessions, like both with like an actual like therapist, but also with like a dietitian who like, you know, she would be like, hey, let's break down pizza. Like, you know, everyone has their list of fear foods when they have like going through news or things that you just totally disregard from your diet because they're fear foods, we can't eat them. But like just breaking down something, a simple food of like, hey, this is a, uh, here's food that's scary and like, seems unhealthy but look we have all the food groups we have all the things that your body needs like so just I don't know it, it blew my mind of like oh like food is okay like food is not the bad like it's not the enemy it's not the bad guy in this situation so it just like it slowly but surely kind of like we like rewired like my brain and you know going through going to therapy and kind of like learning like different like skills to like you know catch like the bad negative thoughts and like challenge them and change them like and even skills that like I learned there I still kind of use today like you know it's just like things that like stick and like even with food like um you know there's like you just I don't know you just have a change of perspective with just like life you kind of like find that that gray area that middle area like there's no good and bad food it's about balance it's about honoring and respecting your body and not shaming it for certain things you know for eating a certain way or you know things like that so it was awesome. And again, to have the face aspect in there, like it just, it bringing God like into that, like truly, I think is what helped me like recover. Um, and like, I had, you know, I feel like, you know, become saved when I was like a young girl, but I feel like that was almost like a salvation moment where I kind of truly, like my faith was truly my own. It was kind of like, wow, my faith just got like, just blew up in my face during like those first, like those, you know, the last or January through June of 20, like, um, 2010, but like, that summer was just like, I grew so much because it was just like, I haven't like, I'm in a, a new environment with new people. There's no family around me, like no friends. All I have is like God, like he's there, like helping me. So just, it was like, it was awesome. Like, I feel like I've never, like I've been, I was so close to him and just to have like my recovery journey, like intertwined with faith and not everyone was like a Christian there. Like not everyone like had faith and that's fine. Like it, it was fine. But like, I saw how like my journey, like, wasn't, I don't want to say more successful, but like it was going along a different trajectory than others who didn't have that part of me, like part to them. And they just like, it just goes to like how, I don't know, I'm just very grateful and humbled that like God brought us to that place. Um, and like, I ended up staying in actually a third month out in Arizona because I wasn't really, 
I'd done all the work and I decided, you know, when I got there, I was like, I am gonna, I'm gonna do this. Like if, you know, my whole competitive nature, like if I'm gonna, this is what I'm gonna work at. Like, this is my goal. Like I'm gonna not, like, I'm not gonna stop until I reach it. So it's like kind of coming full circle, like my competitiveness and how it kind of fed into the, like the anorexia, but also like helped me get out of it and helps. And even to this day, like helps me, like, I'm not gonna go back there. Like I'm still gonna keep fighting because I'm not someone who, who gives up. Um, I don't wanna give up. Um, so yeah, so I wasn't really ready at the end of two months, like to come back, um, to normal life. So I stayed like an extra month. So I missed the first month of high school, which was super hard and coming back was hard because it's like, people are like, Oh, like, where are you at? <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> but like, but yeah, that third month again was just, again, another God thing of just being able to like, kind of, it was less intensive. You got to transition or, into like more like normal life about, we went to the grocery store, went grocery shopping, which, you know you wouldn't really think of that being a trigger for people, but it was a trigger, like, when I was going through it, and, like, we went to restaurants and learned how to, how to, okay, how do you look at the menu and decide what you're going to eat and not gear towards certain foods versus others, so it's just, like, yeah, it, like, it totally just, like, changed, like, changes your perspective, um, and met, I mean, met wonderful people there, had wonderful, like, professionals, like, helping us out, and, like, yeah, like coming, yeah, coming back was hard. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, you finish treatment, you're like, all right, like, we're good to go. Like, see ya. Good luck. Great job. Like, here's your like certificate or like, whatever, you know, like, I wish it was that simple, honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still, cause that was, so I started high school. Um, I mean, I probably saw, um, a dietitian probably for at least two years after. I can't quite remember how long I saw, but again, kind of, wasn't week, it wasn't like always like every week, but like just kind of going back, checking in, you know, just making sure things were still okay. Uh, we finally found like a, like a therapist, um, who like specialized with, like with eating disorders. And so like saw her, you know, and again, as I kind of just transitioned out of that, you know, that immediate recovery for phase, just transitioning back to more life going throughout high school, like those things became less, like less often until I kind of just like, you know, I didn't really need the, the therapy like anymore for that or like need like the dietitian and stuff like that. So it's definitely, yeah, it was definitely a whirlwind, but like, you know, you come out of that, like you come out of that changed and like, it's, it changed my life. And there's so many things that like even happen to this day that like, I always look back on that moment as my reminder of like, Hey, like that was like probably one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. And like, it sucked. And like, I would never wish it upon anyone, but yet it was probably the best time, one of the best times of my life because I grew so much. And I think I'm the person I am today because of those things. And like, you know, my faith grew and like, I'm proud of myself for fighting. And just, it's an encouragement to others too, of like, you can get through this and it's not, it doesn't have to be like hopeless. Um, sure. There's moments where there is, and that's okay because recovery is ups and downs. Like, you know, I've, I've had the chance, you know, well, even like to share my story and to like help others, like you just come out of that experience and just being like, Hey, like, you know, I mean, like, I understand too, like, I get it, you know, so like, that's been encouraging too, and a motivator for me to keep continuing on my own recovery journey, um, you know, I mean, I still struggle to this day, there's still, you know, it doesn't, I mean, I wish it would go away some days, and that's very frustrating, but there's, you know, I think just even as a young woman in today's, today's society, like, struggle with body image, you know, there's days where, I mean, more often, I think people think sometimes, or sometimes that I admit, yes, I think about food, and like, there's things that, people say or there's triggering moments that like kind of bring back in almost to a place of a little bit of like panic sometimes or anxiety of like those kind of things but just like being able to like trust myself and be like okay like I can give myself grace like I you know and if I do act on those behaviors like 
I know that like I'm, I'm human. It's, you know, I can't be perfect at recovery. Recovery is not perfect. And if you expect it to be perfect, then you're going to set yourself up for like failure, which, you know, so I think it's just, it's been interesting to kind of see like how like the recovery journey is kind of like a little, I don't know, like you're climbing, like you're making that progress up, but you're, there's ups and downs, like ebbs and flows, like throughout the journey. And, you know, I think I learned something about myself each time, like I struggle with it. Um, and, you know, I think even sharing my story, like to share this, like, you know, and to have the opportunity just to like kind of share just a tad bit of like what I went through, like it helps other people. And like that, like heals me too. And like, makes me like so happy to be able and just honored to be able to like let other people know like hey like I see you like you're not alone like let me at least be a listening ear to you or just someone you can confide in because like I get it so. mm -hmm. and I feel like I, um every time like I know every time that I share my story about the losses and things that I've gone through my life it releases the hold that it has on me just a little bit the yeah. more that I talk about it and share it. And, um, there's just something about, you know, being able to name it and own it and not try mm -hmm. to, um, hide it from shame. You know, so many yeah. of the things that you talked about are the same things that happen with grief. Yeah. Um, yeah. And know? it's like, and that's why it's so cool to share because it's like, yeah, like I went through like an eating disorder, but like, like you lost your mom, like people have cancer. Like there's so many things that people like go through with which are different, but also it all comes, comes back to, like you said, like that grief, that like the sadness, that the hurt, the pain, like it's, it's similar. It's that shared experience. I think the more that we can share like our stories and ourselves, like you're going to connect with someone in some way. And it like, it is healing. And like, I was kind of like sharing with you, like before we get like started like recording and stuff, like I am hoping to go back to school to like get my master's in counseling, to be able to help adolescents with like who are struggling with disordered eating and like to be like with them, like, Hey, listen, I was in a similar spot. Like I can, let me help you. Like I can understand. I can be that person who can cheer you on, who can be someone to like confide in. And like, in that, like, is, it's so cool to be like, all right, like I'm seeing just kind of those fruits of just that vulnerability of like, Hey, here's my story. Like, here's what God's done. Like let's share like, like all those like good things. Cause it's like, it's all him. Like it wasn't, it wasn't me like sure like I was making those decisions to like try to get better and to like make those choices and to learn and to like use my skills and the recovery and there is that aspect but it's just like yeah like I said I wouldn't I give it to God because that's something that he totally like took control of so mm -hmm. and I think that um you know I, I think that therapists and counselors and dietitians and all that those are things are great and very very needed especially mm -hmm. in in today's world. Um, but when you connect with someone who who's has lived it, yeah, there's just a different aspect of it. There's it is. It's kind of like one of the, I say it's one of those things where it's like you like made that connection, like, wait, you? And you're like, what? You're like, hey, like it's just like it becomes not something like funny, but it's just kind of it's like, wow, okay. Like, I don't know. I recently connected with a friend from like my like kind of like church family and like we share very similar stories and it's just like, it's kind of like, oh, so you did that too? Oh yeah, like I did this too. And you're kind of like, okay, like it's, I'm not, yeah, like I'm not going crazy. You know, like, it's just like, it's, this is like a normal thing. Like we can find healing in this. And like, it just, yeah, it just kind of puts that purpose in your life. We're like, all right, like I can use this negative experience and like be miserable and like wallow in it and just not do anything with it. Or I can use it as an opportunity to like help others and like, be hope and like 
to learn from those experiences and how do you make yourself a better person like from them so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my tagline is using grace grit and gratitude to grow with grief and you basically yeah. named all those things to grow with your mm-hmm. you know with your own recovery journey because like you said it's not I don't think it's it is like an, an addiction isn't it I mean oh, I yeah. don't think you're you won't ever fully be without that aspect of who you mm-hmm. are because it's in an innate part of, of yeah. who you are now and 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 who you've become from living through that yeah it's hard um, to just yeah I can't ignore it it's kind of like it happened it's like something that you it happens to you and you're like well that's yeah I can't just forget that it didn't like happen because yeah right right it's not like you can just be like oh okay you know like that's done and and right. you know that's not a part of me anymore because it is a part of you yeah. um and it's the same thing with grief. And I think, you know, this is this is the thing that we need to do is just normalize it and talk about it. And, and you know, yeah, it's hard to have difficult conversations, but it's part of what makes living, living. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you said, yeah. you, you would never wish to go through that or, or have somebody experience what you did, but the growth and the, and the self-knowledge that you learned yeah. while you were in that pit the depth of mm-hmm. despair I mean that's you know um yeah you, you said you almost had an identity crisis you know that you were you you couldn't stop because you were addicted um yeah. but those things that you learn about yourself if if you have the opportunity and the right timing to be able to experience like what you did um yeah. and I and I mean, I know who your mom is. And I just, I think about it as a mom myself, like when you're a parent and you're, you're in that point where you're just like, you're so helpless to be mm-hmm. able to help your child because you have no idea. Yeah. Like, I mean, first of all, you people didn't come with manuals when you were born, but then there's, <laughs> there's all these things that have come up yeah. you know, with depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and disordered eating and all of these things are just like, wow, like that's beyond my that's beyond my capacity. You know, that's when you do like, you need professional help. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, not all. I'm very, I mean, I'm very vocal. I still see a therapist currently. She's amazing. And it has changed my life. And like, I still go every week because I'm, it's, you know, it's not like, you don't have to go to therapy because something's wrong. Like I'm learning about myself, like how to handle like conflict with family members or work situations. Like it's, it can be like that, but it also can be, I mean, I currently struggle like I mean, even this week, like anxiety through the roof, like it just, I still deal with the anxiety, the depression, like all those things, like they're still there. So to have that support and like, you know, and to tell people that like people, I'm like, you know, I don't, I'm not afraid to tell people like, Hey, I go to therapy. Like it's because it's such like, yeah, it's just like a learning experience. And it's so prevalent. Like why, like, I don't know, like props to the people who try to put it all together and pretend like nothing happens and like again I can be like that too I can definitely put up my walls but it's it's nice to kind of just take me you almost like take a deep breath and be like oh like okay like here I'm struggling and people are like hey me too and you're like hey great let's let's struggle together like let's try to help us like that's more healing than just trying to pretend like <laughs> you're okay <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah my one friend her dad was a therapist and one of his sayings was a burden shared lightens the load like mm-hmm. when you try to carry it all yourself it's just yeah. way too much oh for sure um, yeah. and when you share it it help, does help but but you have to 
something has to happen to allow you to get past that point of the shame and all the yeah. all the cultural norms that we put around making everything sugar and spice and everything nice mm-hmm. and that oh no you know just put a smile on and everything will be okay it's yeah so not real like yeah. it's so unrealistic yeah that I'm like why do we do that <laughs> yeah understand. yeah and I feel like as that. I've gotten older and even like more in the last few years of being more bold of like sharing my story like I'm not afraid to kind of like push like push it a little bit like and kind of push back on society be like hey like why are we doing that or like I'm not afraid to like share like I recently got like a tattoo that's like right on my forearm and like one of the reasons why I put it right there is because people can be like hey what's that for I'm like let me tell you like it shares my story and so it's like to be like that open and like literally wear it quote unquote on my sleeve like it's I don't know like I have fun sometimes like pushing like societal like buttons and like challenging some of those things because it's like why yeah there's so there's so much pain there's so much hurt in the world it's like we all should come around and like like be a community together and not you know try to like handle our own you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I totally agree um so I know that you're you are not yet a, a therapist or a counselor or anything but do you have any thoughts about like I'm just I, I personally am overwhelmed by the amount of um, disordered eating that I think is, is yeah. common now. Do you yeah. have any ideas as to why that is? Is it social media? Is it that people are isolating, even though it's called social media, like relationships mm-hmm. and connections are just not as, as human and as physical as they used to be? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's definitely, I mean, social media definitely plays a huge part in it. I mean, it wasn't a big, big thing when I was like going through it. Like it's definitely obviously developed. Um, Yeah, I think it's just like the societal like pressures. I think it's just not necessarily to like, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I guess it's just my, my perspective, but like, yes, I feel like there's that, you know, you see those models and you see people like aspiring to be like stick thin and then things like that but like I mean I've seen a lot of change too like I get um different magazines that like show people in all shapes and sizes which I'm like yes like that's awesome like let's keep doing that but I think just aside from that stuff I think it's just like this pressure like I don't know like I think just you know I'm like I'm I'm an athlete so like I like I know a lot of I've well I'm, I'm a coach too um and like being around athletes and just like you can like sometimes they tell you sometimes you can just you just know like parents I mean not putting blame on anyone but like just getting that pressure from parents to perform I think it's that performance like oh you know and feeling like you have to be like kind of like I struggled I have to be good enough I have to be worthy of you know people's love so I have I must have to do x y and z because of it so I think it's just like that yeah and like just people like just feeling that like they yeah aren't like living up to like certain standards or like they feel like standards put on them are like or maybe standards put on them are unrealistic in that like they think that they they just don't understand that like you know it's it's like who you are is like you're you're good like you are perfect like the way you are and like there's you know it's again it's it's a very cliche thing to say but it's but it's true it's like it's hard for me to see and I think I I think that's why I want to like tailor my like hopefully you know future career like towards adolescence because like that's such like a developmental time and like when you're like, you know, friends, school, like there's so much stuff going on. There's so many changes that it's like, you know, like there's a lot of growing. I think it's just kind of becoming like who you are. Like, it's just a lot of like, I mean, I'm still learning who I am today. So I think it's just like, yeah, right. Yeah. So I think it's just like, you know, again, that, you know, pressure to again, looks and, you know, the diet culture certainly 
and social media like throws it out there, but you know, I think a lot of people, what they see on social media is people's good side. They're like, oh, well, they, they must be having the perfect life because they look like this or they have, they have the, the, the perfect boyfriend. They have the perfect job. They have like, you name it. You know, I think it's just comparing what you have to other people, like what other people have um, can be like a, just a very deadly trap to get like caught into. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's, I don't understand all the reasons why, like I said, like everyone develops it differently, but I think it just comes down to just identity, like, you know, just finding, not really knowing, like, or placing our identity in things that are so temporary and that are so like, just, yeah, they just, they don't, in the grand scheme of things are very small and stuff. And they kind of like lose sight of like what life is supposed to be like, be like and stuff. So Right. But when you're 14, your sight is right here. Oh, right? oh, like oh. you can't see past, you yeah. know, I'm holding my hand in front of my yeah. face. So you can't, you it's can't so see hard. past your own little it's... circle. And so you talked about yeah. control a lot. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's definitely can be a big part of it because there's so much confusion. Like you said, you're new school and uh, your body's changing. Hormones yeah. are going on and there's so many things and all the pressure, so many things that are out of your control. Mm-hmm. And then you talked about, you said, you know, the more I had those thought, thoughts in my heart and in my mind, and then I started taking action on them that, that even though, you know, the underlying issue was really control, but food was your outlet. Like, yeah, I think that that it's, it's so sad that that's where the kind of environment that our kids are operating in that yeah. they feel so, um, so confused Yeah, that they're just grasping to something that they can have control over. Well, I can do this. And then, like you said, they're like, oh, I can do this good. I can mm-hmm. do this real good. And yeah. I can do this even better. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And if and they just... are finding, yeah, like if they're not finding like success in like, you know, again, like for me, like as an athlete, like if I feel like I wasn't performing, I was like, well, if I can't do that, then I'm at least going to make myself feel better by doing good at not eating and restricting and all this kind of stuff. So it's just like, yeah, just finding like, that self-gratification in a sense, but like, it really isn't because it's, I don't know, it's just, it's hurting you more than you feel like it's helping or that you seem to like, you think, you think it's helping, but it's really not. So. Yeah. And that's the scary part for me is that people don't understand the long-term implications of, of sure. starving your body like that oh, yeah. and, or, you know, being bulimic and bending yeah. and purging, like the for ramifications sure. that that has on your body for long-term as you know, it can affect your ability to have children, mm-hmm. can affect your heart, right? Big Bone time. Health, yeah. Your heart. yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, you notice, yeah. I mean, I remember, gosh, like so many physical changes, like in like, even like hair, like hair loss, like my hair, like it just like stuff like that. It's like, you don't. Yeah. And like, part of me, like, I guess sometimes, I mean, again, I can't really predict the future. Like what's going to happen. I would love to have kids someday, you know, and like have a family, but like, probably like, still kind of agrees like oh my gosh like what if I did something that like who knows you know and again I can't control that now there's no use worrying about it but it's like yeah like you don't realize like in the moment like how this can affect your life five ten twenty years from now too you know Mm -hmm. so that's why I try to even today like even when I struggle it's like all right like I'm gonna take care of my body because it's brought me through hell and back (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you know I can it deserves me like to fight for it and to honor the best I can and just to like you know reflect back like all right what can I do like I can do so much with my body like why you know waste time so much time criticizing things and you know shaming it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 
Well, one of the things you recently did, which is what I think I reached out to you right before this happened, but mm-hmm. you recently ran the Boston Marathon. And was this your first time? First time with Boston, not first okay. marathon. <laughs> okay. But you, had you qualified before and then something happened and you weren't able to run? So yeah, so Boston's a very like high caliber race. And so you each age group kind of like has a certain time you have to run a marathon in. And just because you get your time doesn't necessarily mean you enter into the race. So I've qualified like two or three times before, but because I didn't run fast enough, Pat, like I didn't beat that time, I don't know, by a big enough gap, I guess. Um, I wasn't able to get in. So yeah, third time's a charm. Just blows my mind. Just blows my mind. It's very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, but like it just, yeah, I mean, it was it's always been a dream, dream of mine. Um, I mean, I played field hockey in college and that was like awesome, like still favorite thing ever, but like post-college just got into running. It was always something I was good at. Um, and it was just, since I started, I ran a few half marathons in college, but like post-college, I was like, all right, I'm going to try the marathon. Like, why not? Like just shoot for the stars. Um, and like Boston was like something I was like, oh, that'd be kind of fun to run someday. My first marathon, I got a Boston qualifying time, which is awesome. But like, obviously I didn't get in, but like just ever since then, it's just been like chasing after that dream and like trying to get it. So it was like, yeah, it was very, (laughs) I was very happy needless to say. (laughs) Yeah. And I was totally living vicariously through you, watching you train for that. And then watching you actually compete because I have done several half marathons and I can tell you 100% 100% I have never got finished one of those and thought huh yeah I want to turn around and go back <laughs> and the fact that you used fun and marathon in the same sentence are just <laughs> yeah it's true. God it's gave me different gifts <laughs> we all we all have different things it's not forever I still tell everyone it's like you're crazy I'm like well I mean yes but <laughs> yes but <laughs> but like yeah but this was I mean this is like this the fact that I ran this year was like so special too because like mm-hmm. last year I spent basically injured like I had my first few running injuries so that set me back again kind of mental like a lot of mental struggles like depression things like that and like not to like downplay but it was I mean it was very hard like I never have like going from again running all the time to not being able to run because I was in so much pain like that was really hard um coming out of those injuries you know it was like all right let me just try running and I got Lyme's disease so so, like I laugh about that was the worst that was probably one of the worst experiences of my life because it just if you ever, yeah, it was, I can't even describe the pain. It was a month of just like headaches, migraines, body aches, pain, nerve pain, everything. But like, again, that set me back too. So like finding that, like, um, just, I don't know, it was just like one thing after another, like, oh my gosh. And like leading, so fall of 2020. So like leading into 2021, like I had gotten a Boston qualifying marathon time. It was like a seven minute PR. So I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the race. Like I'm going to get into Boston because like, I was very confident in my time. Right. But then to get, to have that race, to get hit with all, again, more setbacks. Again, I struggled, like my eating disorder kind of flared up like a lot. Like I really struggled with it. Um, and like to go through all that and just doubt, confusion, anger, pain, grief again, like, you know, was hard, but like to get into like when I registered, um, you know, if, I mean, towards the end of like 2021, I think we registered like maybe like September-ish, um, in the fall sometime, you know, I was just kind of starting to run again and like gradually doing this. I'm like, I don't even know if I can run a marathon, even if I get in, like, I don't even know if my body's ready for it. Like, that's a lot of stress, like very shortly after being injured and sick and all that kind of stuff, but got in, it was great. It was all like, you know, I was super excited and like the training, like it went so well. And like, my whole goal was just like, 
to celebrate. It was just like, you know, I'm just going to celebrate this experience because like it's shown how much I've overcome. And like, that was my goal. It's like, I want to be able to end of this race, the cross finish line, share my story and tell, like, tell people like, Hey, like, again, God, like got me through this. And like, you, you can do hard things. You can get through injuries and setbacks, Like setbacks don't have to be like the end all be all like they honestly, they're setups for even greater things. Like I couldn't even imagine, like, had I run Boston, like 2019 or whatever, or like, I'm sure it would have been a great experience, but I hadn't, I wouldn't have had that high and that, like, I don't know, that motivation as I did this race and like the race exceeded all my expectations. Like, mm. you know, I didn't even want to run like a certain time. Um, it was hard. I mean, I knew it was going to be a very hard course. It's a very challenging course. So like it was tough, but like, I mean, here, I'm going to say it again. Like it was the like most fun I've had in a marathon, like <laughs> in my entire life. There are so many people at like, the crowds. I slapped so many hands for high fives. Like it just, it was like, yeah, it was a celebration. Like I prayed a lot. I was just like, thank, like thanking God for just the opportunity to just to run, to be healthy enough to run this race. Mm. We had perfect weather. Like, honestly, it couldn't have gone any better. And like, just to cross that finish line, like, oh, like gives me chills. Like thinking about it, like, it was just, it was so cool. And it was just like such a testament of like, people didn't, not everyone really knew like what I had gone through the year before leading up to it, but like I knew, and it was just like, for me to be like, heck yeah, like you just did this. Like, you know, again, another sign of like how strong I am and how much, like how I can trust myself to get through like hard things. Um, and running has always been my outlet. Running has always been where I, you know, aside from other, you know, like eating disorders and like those kind of things, like running, I was where I learned a lot about myself and a lot about life because it's not easy. And it's like, you know, I could have, there's several hard points during that course where I was like, this is tough. Like I like, I don't know you think about wanting to give up during a marathon, but it's like, no, like I can do this one step at a time, one mile at a time. So yeah. So to run that race in 2022, like literally couldn't have been like any better. So yeah. It yeah. Was. And I loved how you, you know, shared all that and the, the posting before and the posting after and that you yeah. do, you know, celebrate and good for you mm-hmm. for, for, for celebrating those things. Cause yeah. you absolutely should. Um, you yeah. certainly deserve it. You also shared about how you kind of had you hit a low after mm-hmm. the high. And I think this is, again, something that we don't talk about a lot, but can you tell us a little bit more about that, about what happened there? Yeah. Um, oftentimes, again, it doesn't have to be about like marathons, but like typically they say it's the marathon blues. Um, I actually had, I had gotten that um, maybe like a year or two, like before, like before and then after another marathon, how like I missed the ball. Boston qualifying time but just like a little bit like a few seconds but yeah no it's yeah that was yeah <laughs> that's another story but like yeah but no it was it's hard because it's like you go you spend I started training mid-December because my coach and I were like let's just give a little extra buffer room just in case so I went from like training for what January February March April it's like four and a half months you know mm-hmm. of my time it's a it's a lot like and I'm not, I don't have a family. It is just me. Like there's no one I'm taking care of, like no kids, no family. Like it's a lot of time. And like for myself. And so like to devote that much time for it to go so well. And like to have this experience, it was, it was great. But like all of a sudden, as soon as you cross the finish line, it's over. Like you're done. Like that race, everything you worked for done. Like, sure. I celebrated. Sure. I cried. Like we had a great time, but it's like, I remember that drive, that drive back. And even like the day after like getting back here and like going back to work and it was kind of like like first of all my body felt I was very sore but like 
but yeah, like you go back and like life here is just going normal. Like everyone's doing their own thing. You're like, but I just ran one of the most like popular, well, like prestigious races, like ever. Not everyone knows because not everyone's like in the running world doesn't like, doesn't get it. I understand that. But it's like, you go from that experience and just like, again, me reflecting and I'm a very like reflective person. Like I just, I think a lot and I feel a lot of emotions and that's that kind of stuff. But yeah, to just, it was hard. Like, yeah. Cause it's just like, okay, like now what? And I, one of my pet peeves after a race is people saying like, oh, what's next? What's your next race? So I was like, can I just celebrate what I just did first? Like, I don't have a race on my schedule. I'm like, I don't know. Like I, can I just celebrate this huge race? Um, but yeah, you kind of, I mean, you kind of go through like almost like an identity crisis again. Cause like, for me, it's kind of like, okay, well now that's done. Like, you know, I mean, I had some thoughts about like the time that I ran, I was like, oh, like, did I like disappoint people for not running faster than I, I maybe think I could have, or by letting people down, like with my time, like things like that, um, you know, and just like kind of showing like, okay, like, what do I do now? Like all this hype was all for that. And it doesn't take away like the special, like how special that was and how like meaningful, but yeah, I mean, I felt, it definitely felt like a little bit low, like not to say like depressed, but like, you just kind of like, okay, like, I don't know what to do now. Like I took two full weeks off of running, which I'm proud of myself for, but like, you're not running and you're just not, you're kind of like, okay, like, yeah like it's, it's it's confusing and it's like a lot of people just think like oh you're just gonna be happy and like you just know this like what's next do this do that and you're just like but that was really hard and like I was with myself for three and a half hours like alone like on that course like it's a lot to kind of transition because you're yeah you just you're kind of caught in between of like I want to stay present but like it's kind of sad and kind of happy but then also I don't want to think in the future and forget what I just did and like I don't really want to move on from the Boston Marathon like I could have just kept replaying that day over and over and over um but yeah it's hard because people yeah they kind of just don't really you know again it could be like a huge job success or like something Mm -hmm. like it doesn't have to be about marathons like you can have this really big thing and when it's over you're kind of like okay like I just devoted like my you know blood sweat tears like into this and you're like okay who am I without that and I think that's something I've continued to like learn throughout my life like with running like who am I without running if I can't run anymore who am I like that's such Mm -hmm. a huge part of like my life so I think I kind of went through a mini like you know a mini spurt of just like identity crisis of like all right (laughs) this is hard but yeah you know so it's yeah it's, it's it's weird it's hard to describe honestly unless you've kind of experienced it like yourself you know mm-hmm it is, but it's, I think it just fits into our whole thing of talking about things that, you know, not everybody shares about. Because I, yeah. I would have them when I would come home from the service trips from Mexico. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it was a lot of planning beforehand. I had to make all the arrangements for leaving my family behind. We yeah. were taking care of all of you guys while we were down. <laughs> you know, we would take yeah. a group of, of high schoolers and That's do true. a lot while we we're there and all that emotional connection. And, everything. and we would oh, come yeah. home and I'd be like, <gasps> I would right. go into a slump. Yeah. Yeah post um service experience slump so yeah no it's true it's yeah there's so much emotion because you're just kind of like and there's mixed emotions in your training I mean I had some ups and downs and like you know good moments bad moments but yeah when you're so emotionally invested in something like it not only leaves you exhausted but then yeah you're just kind of like okay I don't know what to do so I'm just gonna like I just want to curl in bed and just like stay here <laughs> like and not yeah. like go to work and not do like do anything because like I just I don't know like no one I don't know, I felt like no one truly understood my Boston experience. And like, I had a hard time. Like, I, I think I was talking to my, like, my therapist. I was like, I don't know how, like, I feel like I want to tell people and like write this out or do something, but I feel like I can't share it. And like that created like even more like of those like more lower, like depressive like thoughts. Cause it's like, well, then 
you know, is it pointless because I can't share my story? So like weird things like that, but it's true. It's your mind kind of, yeah, it's, it's crazy what can happen sometimes after those events. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's so true. So true. So one of the last things I wanted to touch on is that you talked a lot about how, you know, that God was with you through your journey and things. And before we started recording, I told you about how that I don't always share about this because I myself was angry at God for 20 years because, you know, my mom died when I was 13 and I didn't understand why he didn't, as I prayed for her to get better and for her to not die and why he didn't um, answer my, my um, requests and my prayers and you, you know, you said that you grew up, you know, had a very strong Christian foundation and a normal childhood and all those things. And I think sometimes, like I had this perception of um, that I was being punished for some for something that I didn't know what I had done, but why why was I handed this lot? You know, right. I didn't really understand that. And so, I w- I want us to try to be an encouragement to somebody because I think most people, if you have a real animosity towards the thought of God, a higher power, that there's something bigger out there than Mm -hmm. you and I in this world. It's because something has happened to them or somebody has said something or somebody mistreated them under the guise of religion or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And you, you have this beautiful story of being able to recognize that he was with you. I'm sure not through all of it, but you know, that that's what, what made the connection for you when you were at that ranch in Virginia and yeah. was a real part of your recovery and stuff. Yeah. Um, so like, what kind of, what kind of, we're talking about hope and resilience and all that kind of thing. What kind of hope can you offer to somebody who's listening that maybe thinks, you know, well, they, they don't feel worthy enough that God must've forgot about them because they experienced whatever somebody who's listening to this podcast has experienced something that they are looking for a deeper connection like we've talked about already so what kind of what kind of words would you share to somebody who's in that spot and that's so tough and I guess like the first thing I want to say is like I see you in that and just like my heart hurts that you're feeling that like that pain um and like I understand like it's it's hard life life is hard and you know I think just you know from my my Facebook faith perspective like you know like God doesn't promise like an easy life like you know and that's something that like I think I've again I've been a Christian my whole entire life and just in the last honestly like the last two years I've really like truly understood the meaning of like suffering and like pain and like I realized it like back when I like struggled with like with anorexia but I think just you know looking throughout like across like you know throughout the Bible like Christ like suffered and you know he went to the point of like dying like on a cross and like that is like the a crucifixion is like one of the most like painful like excruciating deaths like I can't even imagine that but like to know that like he suffers with us I think that's something that like I think a lot of people don't really think about sometimes I think oh like he must be up here I must I must be down here like my stuff doesn't really matter but it's like it's knowing that he kind of walked through life experiencing similar things that we've similar like we've gone through like helps kind of bring some comfort to me to know that like even though I feel alone like I know you know I know life's not supposed to be easy like it's not going to be easy and we're not promised like a perfect life but like I can have that hope that like all right like you know I believe in like a God who who has suffered with us and who kind of feels that pain is gracious and compassionate and 
loving like towards us um and yeah like I was angry at God and it's okay like it's okay he's like a parent like I mean again I know not everyone's parent situation is healthy or you know I understand sometimes it's a little bit harder to imagine him as that but like you know apparently you can get angry at a friend at you know whoever and like doesn't mean that that's wrong you know we can feel all the emotions you know he's not afraid of that and like so I think just like knowing that like you know you like I guess just having that hope that like it's not like you are created for a purpose like there is something and I've found you know sometimes going through going through that and being in the moment it's it's very hard to see the purpose through the pain um but I like looking back it's always just like okay like oh I see it now like I was able to help people like different friends along the way I'm able to share my story and like encourage people and like it's overwhelming the support I get from like others like and seeing like beauty come from like the most broken like of places and just like pulling that hope it's like all right like you know like I said I I said earlier like setbacks like are setups for like something greater um I have a tattoo on my arm of an arrow and like I think that's a huge like just image for my life that I kind of like to hold on to and again it's something maybe like someone else can think of like you know we're an arrow and sometimes well an arrow has to be pulled back in order to be launched forward into something new like how cool like and to see, see yourself as like an arrow like you know whatever you know whatever that hope whatever that higher power like you think like you would like, believe in like just know that like you're being pulled back but like being pulled back doesn't always mean it's like it's the end like there's so much more and um just being willing to willing to believe that and even if it's only just a small sliver of hope one day it doesn't have to be all the time like that can go like it can just carry you like through something um extremely difficult um and just you know being gracious, gracious for yourself, you know, I think, you know, I know it means a lot when people say like, you're worthy, you are seen, you are, you are enough. Um, you know, I think we don't say that to people enough. Um, and just like being able to remind, remind yourself that like, you know, what you go through, like, it doesn't define you. Like, you know, that doesn't make you who you are. It doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you human, you know, and just knowing that like you are loved and there are people out there like for you. And, you know, I think, even along with the longs of um like eating disorders like there, there are there's help there's resources and things like that and so just encouraging people just to not try to do it alone because we're only one you know I'm only one person like I can't do it all myself I've learned that like I can try all I want to but you know I need those people around me to help kind of pull me out of um of that space and just yeah keep fighting for yourself because that's the bravest thing you'll ever you'll ever do and I can guarantee you, you're not going to regret it like it's it's painful, but it's, it's worth every ounce of effort to fight back. Um, yeah. And discover yourself with who like, like you're, you know, created to be. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my biggest thing that I learned was to, to be able to acknowledge that I don't have to do anything to earn God's love. Like yeah. he loves me exactly as broken and yeah. as sinful as I am right in this very moment. Yeah. And I don't have to do anything to earn that. Yeah. And I had to change my perspective of God being a judgmental mm-hmm. God to a loving God that, um, you know, that he's been with me through all of it. And that's not that he liked it or that he mm-hmm. caused all of the suffering and pain in my life yeah. either, but that yeah. he's been, been with me when I've allowed him to, you know, yeah. when I've allowed myself to see it and acknowledge it, I know that he's been with me. Yeah. And that's hard. It's hard to understand some like a love like that, like unconditional. It does. It still blows my mind. I still don't get it. I don't understand how I deserve that, but like, it's kind of like, okay, God, like, all right. Like 
if you say so, I'm going to hold on to that. And like, I don't know, I pictured like, if I'm crying and like, I'm really upset, like I pictured him crying with me. And I think it just helps. Yeah. To, like to see that compassionate side that like, all right, like he doesn't want us to like be in pain and to suffer, but it draws us closer to him and like kind of helps us realize that like, you know, all we need is him. Like we can't always rely on ourselves. Like if we rely on him and put like our faith in him, like we'll find that peace. But like, I don't know, I think it's in Ephesians. I'm really bad with like Bible references, but like it says the peace that passes like all understanding, like wherever that is, I forget. But like, like it just, it's true. It's, it is a piece that you just don't understand. Like, you know, I've been in plenty of, you know, situations where it's like, all right, like I have peace, like going through something hard. It's like, you don't really know. It feels like chaos, but like you can hold on to something like that's the decision like we made to go to that treatment center. Like there was a little bit of peace of like, okay, this is a really hard situation. Like it's going to be scary, but okay. Peace. Like going through the, those running injuries and like, I don't know, you just find peace with people through lines. Like there's so many points, points in my life where it's like, I can, I remember those like, you know, glimmers of like peace and hope. And then it's like, all right, it may be small, but like it can, you know, it can move mountains if you let it. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. And like, I, I love that you said that you didn't promise um, a life without pain. And I think yeah. that's something too, that sometimes people think that, well, if I do this and I follow all the right rules, then right. I'll have a life, you know, that's without pain. And that's just yeah. not true. That's no. just not true. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I love the arrow thing too. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it's just, it's so it's, yeah, it's awesome. It's like, well, it's a huge, it's a, yeah, it's huge for me. And it's, it's like, such a great reminder. symbol and, it is. and it's, reminder of the yeah. direction. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of like, I don't know, being like a warrior in a sense, like it's a battle, like a weapon for battle. So just kind of like, okay, like I am a warrior, like I can fight and like be strong in that. So it's just, yeah. So if anything, <laughs> y'all are arrows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I so appreciate you being here. Do you have anything that you want to wrap up with or any, I want to make sure if there's something else that you want to say that you have the opportunity to. No, I just, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate the platform. It's, it's been an honor. And like, like I said, like, if you are struggling, like there is help. Like, I mean, you can always reach out to me, <laughs> like, you know, like just, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help and to be vulnerable because it's, it's truly healing. But no, I, I thank you so much, Beth, for letting me, yeah, on here. And I think what you're doing is awesome. So it's, I, I know it's healing. I know God's working through it too. So mm. yeah, that's a blessing for sure. Wow. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you. If you liked this episode or you are a fan of the show, the best way to support it is to share it on social media and with your family and friends. For more of my thoughts on the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. As always, remember, we can use grace, grit, and gratitude to grow with our grief.